0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the first Saturday of May. It's May 1st, 2021. Greetings. On behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Today's serving team is as follows. We have Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator. We have Sister Alina Thompson, our music minister. Uh, Myself, uh, Sister Lydia Corrigano, call to worship. We have Elder Carolyn Cunningham are doing our opening song and invocation. We have Sister Loretta Marley who will do our altar prayer. We have uh, recorded music and we have Pastor Millicent Black uh, doing the preached word today and the Lord's Supper. We have Sister Greta Ayers who will be doing the invitation to discipleship. Uh, Myself, Lydia Torrigano doing the announcements and we have uh, Minister Black uh, following up on the remarks and benediction. Thank you for your attention. After an opening song, Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of the worship service. Also, as a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are. Thank you.
1: Hallelujah. There is no other way we can live except by the words from the mouth of God. Aren't you glad that he did not withhold his words from us? We have a way to get to them. If you can get to the Bible, you can hear from the Lord. But it's all the better when we hear a fresh word from him, a rhema word. And so that's where we are today. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. I give honor to God, my Father, to the blessed Trinity, and I thank them for each of you that are here with us today. I also welcome you and thank you for your presence on this another Sabbath and another first Saturday of the month when we get to partake of communion that day, that time when we remember the precious and the priceless sacrifice that Jesus made for us at Calvary. I'm always proud to acknowledge the ministry team and to thank you for the part that you play in the service of the Lord to God's people. If you are not in the trenches working to cause this church to function and these services to be provided, you have no real idea of all that goes on, all the work and all of the prayers and all of the time that is invested. But thanks be to God who would not allow us to have to function with less than enough hands, enough hearts, enough mouths to, do the work, and to pray. Y'all know a big part of the work is prayer, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our scripture today is coming from the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. is going to be our focus. We're going to kind of talk around all of these, including the, including the, the story, anyway, of the scriptures, my very first seminary class was Hebrew Bible. I took it online and my instructor explained to me because the numbers in the class was so small, he was able to give us an individual lecture. So he taught me how to exegete scripture and that's to Look at outside the scripture, inside the scripture, and then the scripture. So that's kind of the approach that I have taken to preaching. uh, And that's where we're going to be going today. So from the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verses 12 through 14, from the King James version, it reads, suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Let us pray. Great and mighty God, Jehovah Nisi, the one that goes before us in the battle, Father God, I call on you as my Jehovah Nisi today, God. Go before me into the battle of this message, Lord. Go before me, Father God. Thank you for all that you have done, God, to work on my behalf, even as the message has been being put together. And there's been much activity, God, in the airways to fight me because of it. But Jehovah Nisi, I thank you today that you go before us always in the battle. Father God, I'm holding on to your word that said before I called, the answer was on the way. And while I'm yet standing, that you would hear me. Thank you, Father, that you know all, you see all, and you are my all in all. And so, God, today I thank you that as I decrease, Lord, you increase. creating me, Lord, a clean heart renewing me the right spirit. Then God let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight for you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So for a title of the message today, we have the words fighting for an answer, fighting for an answer. Have you ever been in a place where you just had to fight? I don't mean with, my, with your fist or your or knife or a gun. I mean, you had to get on your face before the Lord. Turn your plate down fast and pray and wait for an answer. Did you feel like you were drudging through a battlefield as you waited for the answer? Did you find yourself like I found myself many nights back in 1998? I had a pallet that I kept on the floor. And whenever I would awaken during the night, I would get on my face and begin to pray before the Lord. Did you have to maybe take a few days off from work to pray because the matter was that serious? No phone, no TV, all energy and efforts were spent seeking God. That's called fighting for an answer. The Bible is full of prayers and stories of those who pray sincerely for an answer. There are similar stories told in the 21st century of those who prayed to the same God as did the Hebrews, faced challenges like those spoken of in the Hebrews Hall of Fame and depended on God for the answer. You'll hear testimonies of healing, from life-threatening illnesses, deliverances from addictions, saved from a traffic accident or a flying bullet. I haven't heard any news of a message being sent to earth, though, by an angel. But we read of these occurrences in the Bible. Daniel is one who has such an event in the pericope today. You know, I take that back. I used to hear a story of, a, of uh, someone driving on the highway in, I believe it was Arizona, either Arizona or Nevada. I think it was Arizona. And they said as they drove, they looked around and saw a man sitting on the seat, on the front seat beside them. And he said that man simply said, Jesus is coming soon. And then he disappeared. Perhaps there was An apparition, perhaps it might have been a hologram and it also, he could have been an angel sent from God. In the message today are other players. And before we get to talking a lot about the text, I wanted to mention more of them. Some would call them messengers from God. Others would call them angels. Both were familiar with the unrest that takes place in the airwaves. Gabriel was an angel who was usually sharing a message from God. To Mary, it was news of the birth of Jesus. To Zacharias, it was the conception of a child by Elizabeth in their elder years. Michael, though, was called the warrior who showed up when it was time to fight. In fact, they knew that the battle was in full bloom by the, when Michael showed up and there was going to be a mighty fight. Daniel was born and raised in Judah. Well, let me back up a minute. There were other angels that, that uh, appeared during biblical times. <clears throat> Isaiah saw them and he called them seraphims and teraphims around the throne of God. And so did John on the Isle of Patmos. But after King Isaiah died and Isaiah began to look for an answer. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train did fill the temple. But also there was an angel who put a, a, a coal on his mouth and that coal was to cleanse it and make it fit to carry the good news. Now, Jesus told the Roman army, he said, now, I could call 12 legions of angels. He said, if I asked my father, he would send 12 legions of angels, but I'll just let you carry me. So, obviously, there are legions of angels whose assignment it is to carry out the battle Or the warfare either in the heavenlies and if God would have sent them to earth, they also can fight on earth. And so oftentimes I ask God to increase the the warfare of the angels in the heavenlies and in the earth on our behalf. Then there was an angel who came to Jesus to strengthen him in two different particular places. One of them was while he was being tempted in the wilderness. And the second time was while he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And let's not forget the angels that appeared after the resurrection to tell the women, to go and tell the men where he were, where Jesus was. So in this pericope, Daniel has received a vision from God about the pending war Again, I got to back up, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to read the message from my cell phone. Daniel was born and raised in Judah before Babylon, the Babylonian captivity. Nothing is said about his parents, but we do know that he was among the smartest young person taken from Israel. Daniel is best known for his lion's den experience. In fact, I have a beautiful painting of that, of that experience on my bedroom wall, found it in um, in the clearance section at a Christian bookstore. And it was during the early years of the torture and the targeting as Sister Loretta so wonderfully mentioned the scandal, the um, slander and the character assassination that, was, that can go on and does go on against us. And that particular painting showed Daniel standing, looking out of the window as rays of the sun came in, the lions were laying comedy behind him and an angel, I'm sure, was in the room. And the scripture underneath, was, it was Daniel 6.22. It says, and my God has sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth because I was found innocent and blameless before him. Daniel's entire salvation after that entrapment by the governor's men was accredited to the presence of an angel. So in this pericope, Daniel has received a vision from God about the pending war of Babylon with Greece. Daniel's understanding is that things are about to get rough for Israel. They were looking forward to the the end of the 70 years, which was really right upon them. Um, Darius had already allowed there to be some activity to go on back in Jerusalem and Israel was looking forward to God consummating his promise to set them free. And yet Daniel had received a vision that caused him great distress. Because of that distress, Daniel began to seek God in prayer. And he knew that was a major event about to happen and he needed to have God's answer right away. And so Daniel embarked upon a fast. It didn't have to have taken Daniel 21 days to to fast. In fact, the angel Gabriel showed up and he said, you know, your prayer was answered on the first day. From the first day you set yourself to seek the Lord, God sent an answer. He said, but the prince of Persia hindered the message from getting to you. Now, you have to know who the Prince of Persia was. The Prince of Persia was a ruling demon spirit over that area. Persia is now called modern-day Iran. I want you all to see that in your mind's eye. Iran, where the war has been taking place since, I believe, President Clinton authorized it. The Persian uh. uh war and desert storm and all of that is over in that area. But Daniel was told by Gabriel that that demon who took authority over that area blocked me from getting the answer. And so Michael had to come and help me to war in this battle. And believe it or not, Gabriel said, and when I leave here, I've got to go back to the battle. Daniel was fighting for an answer that took him 21 took 21 days to get to him. But I want you to notice his persistence. He did not stop till the answer came. So some people will ask us, do we ask God over and over and over for something? And in the old Baptist mindset, they would say, you only ask God one time. After that, you're in unbelief. And that mindset followed over into the at least what I experienced. Would you all block that, not block, but but mute that person? What I experienced from the um non-denominational church. You go up for prayer, and they would pray, you would fall under the power of the spirit. And you would stay there until you believed God was through. you get up and go back to your seat, believing that you had received the answer. But in the mindset of the church that I belong to, if you had to go back again for that same thing to be prayed about, they would say, you don't have enough faith. That's not what Daniel expressed to us. Daniel showed us that persistence, is what receives the promises of God. And he fasted for 21 days. Now, Daniel was actually by now in his 80s, y'all. We were told that he was 17 when he went into Babylonian captivity with Mishael Ananias and Hazar. Y'all, I can't call the third name. But when he went into uh, Babylonian captivity with those who were later renamed, and I don't want to call them the, the new names. You know why? Because the old names had something to do with God being supreme. The new names all referred to Baal. Well, we don't. We're not going to lessen God in our eyes by calling those Hebrew boys by the by what what the uh, Babylonians called a new name. Now, I want y'all to think about that: the new name, the new deal, the new world order. Who you think is the author of that confusion okay now Gabriel's name means God is strength and in the book of Daniel Gabriel explains the vision that God sends to Daniel and then Gabriel's messages to Daniel were about the rule of the kingdoms of Medo-Persia and Greece He also foretold the premature death of Alexander the Great. Now, I know I talked about, uh, I I mentioned earlier that Persia and Greece were going to go go to battle and that battle would extend the captivity of, of the Hebrews in Babylon because Babylon is actually going to fall to Greece. Now, if that will allow you to get a glimpse about how the Greeks came into play and how they began to bring in their belief system and their um, articles or artifacts and their their liturgies. And all of that is showing you how, how far back satan was trying to take control but the word of god even in the book of daniel said but they that know their god shall do exploits now where does this play a a role in, in in where we are today fighting for an answer? i began to ask god what we needed to do in prayer and i was i'm Always listening for an answer and looking everywhere for him to answer. And I guess two weeks ago, my eyes fell on a song that's entitled Shifting the Atmosphere. And I felt really strongly in my spirit that that's what God wanted us to begin to do in, in our morning prayer time was to begin to pray about him shifting the atmosphere. Shifting the atmosphere means It's almost like when we have to move a piece of furniture, that furniture is in the way, right? Every time we walk by, we bump into it. And so we begin to shift it to the side, to push it out of our way. Well, I already had had some teaching on... um, from Cindy Jacobs, we actually used it as a Bible study and it's entitled, Possessing the Gates of the Enemy. The second part of the title of this book is a training manual for militant intercession. How does that tie in to where we are right now? And I mean, where we are in 21st century. Possessing the gate of the enemy is what is a promise that God gave to Abraham before he ever had a son. God made that promise to Abraham, he said, and your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Well, if we were to look at where we are today, it looks like something wrong, right? Looks like that promise has failed. But over and over and over and over and over again throughout history, God has allowed Abraham's seed to possess the gates of their enemies. That means that the children of Israel actually did make it to Canaan. They actually did get to take possession of the land. They actually did divide the territory up according to the 12 tribes. They actually did live there in peace and Israel always got in trouble. God's punishment for Israel was to allow them to lose their possession of the land. So the Babylonian captivity was the second time that they were in captivity. And you will say, well, but God foretold to Abraham that his seed was going to go into captivity and become slaves for 40 years. Yes, he did for 400 years. And God did not necessarily tell them that it would be because of their disobedience, but that's exactly what happened. The drought came in Canaan because of disobedience. And that was actually the third time that any of God's promised people had been to Egypt. Abraham went to Egypt from Canaan twice because of a drought. And Isaac went to Egypt because of a drought. So when Joseph and his sons went to Egypt because of a drought, it's again But God had gone before them this time. It was kind of like in the days of of, uh, Jonah in the well. God had already prepared for them to be there. Because when God speaks it, it happens just like God says. We just don't know when. So they went to Egypt. And in 400 years, they were coming out. Well, this time... Israel is in Babylon because of disobedience. If you don't believe me, go over to Habakkuk and and look at Habakkuk's conversation with God about why they were suffering so and how long he was going to allow them to suffer. And God promised them that the Chaldeans were punishing them at God's command. He said, but when I get through using them to punish you, I'm going to destroy them. So what about the atmosphere? There had to have always been a prophet with the children of Israel, no matter where they were. And Daniel was the prophet at this point in time, in Babylon. Daniel was the one who had to go to God about the problems of the people Daniel was the one who went to God to repent about the disobedience of the people. And Daniel was the one looking to God to show him what was coming next. So there had to be a shifting of the atmosphere in order for Gabriel to get to Daniel. And it took fasting in the earth and prayer. And it took some spiritual warfare or Angelic warfare in the air, but notice that even the praying on the earth was going up to the in through the airways and up into heaven. We don't realize how important our intercession is. We don't put enough stock in it. One of the sayings that I've heard across the years by the Uh, by the church is little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Much prayer, much power. The world is dependent on the church to see the power of God in the earth. While we're praying, the angels are taking our prayers up to God. I like it when they refer to it as incense. We need to send God our incense. So when we're praying on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday mornings, we're sending up incense into the nostrils of God and praying and believing that it's he's receiving it as incense. It says this open gateways to God's presence. And that affects every aspect in the life of a church. I was also told, y'all, years ago that when the devil wants to destroy a church, the first thing he takes out is prayer. And I'm saying this because I wanted to mean something to those of you who get up morning after morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and come in to pray. Just know that you are, are, are helping to protect the church to contribute to the life of the church. You are helping to see the atmosphere and we are sending up incense to the throne of God. Intercessors also create and nurture a spiritual environment in the church. They can open doors to heaven And we also pray for an open door or an open heaven over our prayer time. A faulty mindset though, and a disgruntled spirit or disagreement can open doors to the enemy. And there are so many ways that the enemy uses people to get them into places, especially the church. Now there's something called spiritual supremacy. And that's where the airways come into play. The enemy is called the prince of the power of the air. And over cities and towns and even territories, there's something called spiritual authority. So the intercessor is the one who exerts the air supremacy for God in the earth. And again, we do that by sending up our prayers. There's something that I read in this book called Moving from Sword to Scepter. And it's by Wanda Alger. I really recommend that you all get it. She says, the power line represented my power source and connection to the heavenly realm ruled by the spirit. She was talking about uh, having a dream and in the dream, her, she was intercepted until she looked around and she saw that she was close to a power line. And so she said she stepped right in front of the power line and God showed her that the power line itself represented her power source and her connection to the heavenly realm that was ruled by the spirit. And the, the Holy Spirit inside of us becomes our power line. So it's our yielding and our, our uh, submission to the Holy Spirit, even as we pray that we have power in the earth. We talk often about the scripture from Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21, now unto him who is able To do exceeding abundantly beyond all that you could ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. How do we get the power? We've talked about that. We get the power through prayer, through praise, through worship. That's how we get the power. And so we plug in. When we start to pray, we plug in almost like I just had to plug in my tablet so that I could keep the power going long enough to get through the church service. And and that's what we do when we begin to pray and when we begin to praise God and when we begin to worship him, even as we are today corporately, we are plugging in so that we can get recharged, refueled, and so that we can have that uh, power for the air that we need as we send our prayers up to heaven, asking the angels to do their job and get them on up to the throne room of God while they have to fight, y'all, while they fight. There were some other things that I thought about. We as 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 intercessors and and church members who must have a prayer life, we individually, whether we come to a prayer meeting or not, we individually must have a prayer life. Remember that, that prayer life is what is our talking to God, is how we get connected, is how we get power, and is how we stay refueled and recharged and how we are able to stand in the gap for our church And for others. One of the things is to ask. And notice that we are encouraged to ask. In Matthew, it says, Ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And it is in asking that you receive, it's in seeking that you shall find, and it's in knocking that the door shall be opened unto you. And then I love what God said to Isaiah in in chapter 65, even then Israel was still in trouble and they were still facing some rough days ahead. But God says it'll come that before you call, just understand that before you call, the answer was on the way. And while you are yet standing, I will hear you. Well, we hold on to those promises from God and we tell them back to him that he, he promised it to Israel and we're the, of the seed of, of, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, just like Israel was. And so we believe. And one of the things God said to, to uh, Isaiah, even as he said that, he said, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord. See, we're, we're also the seed of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. We're the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. The next thing we need to do is, is use wisdom in our working with one another <clears throat> and being sure that our wisdom comes from above. You know, the, the, uh, uh, in Proverbs, it tells us that there is a way that seemeth right, to a man, but the end thereof is death. We sometimes think we know the answer. We sometimes think we see the way. Sometimes y'all, we think we've got the, got it all sewed up and nobody can convince us of otherwise. But listen to what James said about wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Y'all, the prince of the power of the air also likes to make you think that we're getting wisdom For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil work. And let me just read that backwards. For where you find disorder and every evil practice, you're gonna have envy and selfish ambition behind it. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. We're talking about fighting for an answer. You know, the enemy likes to get us tripped up while we're fighting for the answer. He likes to get us off on the wrong road, on the wrong task, following the wrong uh, um, lead, so to speak. And all the while he's laughing because he knows that God sees the earthliness of what we're doing, the unspiritual part in it. And there's usually something, some demon behind it all. Then the third thing we need to know about finding a fighting for an answer is we have to persist. The word fighting, not fight, because fight can mean that it was over the same night or over in five minutes, you know, Muhammad Ali was was um, popular for his knockout punches. You know, he talked to the man's head. He talked to him before the fight and he talked to him during during, during the, the uh, introductions and stuff. And he talked to him once they got in the rain. He He defeated his enemy in his head first. And then it only took one knockout, one punch to knock him out. But with the widow in Luke 18, It says she had a problem with her neighbors. They were taking property from her because her husband had died and she had no one to speak up for her. And so she would go to the judge who the Bible calls an unjust judge. And he would resist her because after all, she was just a woman. But the word says, because of her much asking, Finally, the unjust judge was the label he received, gave her or granted her a petition. And then the question comes, but when Jesus comes, will he find faith in the earth? Will we be persistent or will we fall out in the fight? Then we saw Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel was also part of that crew who was trying to get back to Jerusalem. He was part of those who had been taken into Babylonian captivity and they were always still yet facing a fight. And for this particular fight, it seemed that Israel was too small in number and too poor to accomplish the vision of restoring Jerusalem. And so they had to pray and persist, even though it didn't look like it was going to turn out the way they wanted it. And God had to send them the word, Sent Zerubbabel the word by Zechariah the prophet. God said, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And it didn't, he didn't stop there. He says that you can cry to this mountain. Grace and it shall become as a plane before you. So, when as we persist in asking God for deliverance from this place and to stay the hand of our enemies and to un or reveal this um, evil program to the world and to don't make it possible for the guilty to not be punished, God saying it to us today, it's not going to happen by might nor by power. That military that is doing it to us will think think they can defeat God, but that's in their own strength. God says, not by might. They believe that because they can let go of a nuclear bomb and kill many, they can't stop God. God says, not by power, but it shall happen by my spirit. Those who are in tune to his spirit, those who are listening to his spirit and the angels who are fighting in the airways to get the answer from heaven to earth. That's how our battle will be accomplished. So where are we going with all of this? Fighting for an answer. We have been fighting for an answer for oh so long. We have been asking God and asking God and getting shielding And say in prayer, some through the night, we've been using whatever remedy somebody said worked for them, many of us, and nothing is working or it only works for a while. That means we're in a fight and we can't just fight one day and say, well, the answer is is here or we can't just fight one day and say the answer is never coming. Fighting, I-N-G, means there's more fight to come. And as we fight for the answer, we have to remember that we are never alone. The songwriter said, I've seen the lightning flashing. And he went on and on and on and all of the things that were coming at him. I've heard the billows roll. I've seen Heartbreakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice from heaven crying, still fight on. For God said, I promise never to leave you, never to leave you alone. There are angels that are warring on our behalf, some in the heavenlies and some on earth. Some wearing wings and others just like you and me. God knows how to get us, Get the two together. It takes our intercession. It takes our persistence. And it takes us using the wisdom that is from heaven to win the battle while we wait for the answer. God promised that we must fight on. So what happened with Jesus as he was fighting for an answer? When he was in Gethsemane, Jesus was fighting for an answer. The answer Jesus wanted to hear was, that's okay. I'll take care of this another way. Jesus prayed. He told, told the, uh, his, his, what his posse, this, you stay out here and I'm going over here to pray. And said Jesus came back and they were all asleep. And he said, couldn't you just wait and pray one hour? He went back in to pray some more and it was such a hard battle for him. I can see now that, that, that the angels was asking, can, can we go give him some help? And Jesus said, no, no. Y'all. God said, y'all just sit over here. Sit, sit over here. He'll, he'll make it in a minute. And, and it says Jesus was praying and there were drops, sweat, like drops of blood falling down. And I believe that the angels were asking again, can, can we just go give him a little bit of confidence? God said, No, no, he's, he's all right, just leave him right there. And finally, Jesus fought through, and the answer was going to have to be the one that matched the expectation of God the Father. And Jesus gave in, nevertheless, not thy will, but my not my will, but thine be done. And all through the round of courts and scourging and mockery and dragging cross up a hill called Calvary went Jesus. And I bet you that the angels were still asking God, can we help him? That cross is so heavy. I believe we could lift it up just a little bit. And God said, no, 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 no. This is his burden to bear. And then God allowed a human to help bear the burden. Well, guess what? We're helping to bear the burden even now when we go into prayer as we fight through for the answers that the earth needs to live through this horrible time in history. But on a cross at Calvary, Jesus had to hang there alone. God wouldn't even look at him. And the angels were, I'm sure, worrying God, can't we do something? And God says, this is almost to the finish. You've got to wait. Don't you know that it said that the moon dripped blood and and, and it was dark as midnight and in the middle of the day? Creation was having a fit for the son of glory was hanging on a cross and he had no right to be there. But there was a song that said he took our place. Alvin Slaughter sings it, but mercy said no and love took my place. There on the cross where justice met grace. Mercy refused to let me die. Jesus the Christ was crucified. So rightfully Christ, death wanted me. But mercy said no. We thank God that fighting for an answer did not stop Jesus from going to the cross. And while we are here on the earth, we must continue to fight for an answer. Amen.
0: Amen. With the Lucky Lands Slots, you
1: can get lucky just about anywhere.